Welcome to Conversations Live. For more than a decade, we've brought you the best in books, entertainment, celebrity interviews, and current events. When the movers and shakers of the world have something to say to you, they say it to us first. Here's your host, Cyrus Webb. Welcome back, everyone, to Conversations Live. I'm your host, Cyrus Webb. Glad you all could join us once again. But for a radio audience here in Mississippi at WYAD 94.1 FM and WYADonline.com, we're glad that you all could be with us. Also, tuning in to our friends at iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, and Blog Talk Radio. We're glad you all could be with us as well. Well, you guys know I've shared with you for now almost 20 years my love of reading and how it led me to the work I'm doing now. But our next guest has written a book that I think shows not only the importance of reading, but also the power and the importance of starting early. We're excited to welcome to our program today, Maya Payne Smart. She's celebrating her new book that's a bestseller called Reading for Our Lives. We'll talk to Maya not only about this conversation she's been able to have about the importance of starting early when it comes to introducing words and books to young people, but also what it's been like for her personally to be able to realize the importance as well. Maya, thank you so much for the time today. really do appreciate it. Thanks so much for having me. So, Maya, first of all, again, I mentioned it to you before. Congratulations on the book, already an Amazon bestseller. And what I, I thought was so fascinating when this book was first pitched to me, Maya, I don't have children of my own, but I'm a big nerd. My radio audience knows that. So one of the things I benefited from was having people around me reading to me early. And that's a, a, something I was able to really, I think, benefit from early on. Some of the reviews have mentioned, Maya, something that you kind of have said for yourself, that this is a book that others wish they had, but now they're glad they have it now. What has that been like for you to be able to feel that need and to be a part of this conversation about the importance of early reading? It has been just a, a phenomenal experience as a first-time author to write a book about reading and raising the next generation of readers. I, too, have been an avid reader since I was very young and had that wonderful, strong base of support from teachers and family very young. I don't remember being taught to read, and I don't even have memories of being read to. So as a parent, I wanted all the details. <laughs> so yeah. really just began with my personal curiosity and being very nerdy about researching the details of how does reading really develop and what can we do to support all children in that pursuit. Yeah, and I think I love the fact that you you really do allow us to see in reading for our lives, Maya. This is a shared responsibility. You, you know, we so much is put, and you mentioned that even in the introduction, so much is put on education. And of course, we want our children to get a good education. I have a nephew who's going through school right now, and you you want the best for them. But how important has it been for you to really drill down the fact that no matter how busy we think we are, say we are, or may be, the importance of us not neglecting that that educating at home. It's so critical because reading in particular is the skill that supports all other skills. So if you have a child that's interested in science or math or even world events, once they can read, they're able to access so much information but also opportunity um, through being literate. So I think it's one of those things that if you focus on it as a family, it just has unquestionable return on investment for you. And the fact of the matter is, in a, even prior to COVID, but particularly in a post-COVID world, reading is schools are challenged to teach every child. <laughs> we got the nation's report card last month, and it showed, again, you know, sort of terrible reading achievement overall among fourth and eighth graders, but then particularly poor among black students, among Hispanic students, among lower socioeconomic students. So it really is all hands on deck, families, communities, and schools to get most kids reading. 
And I think therein lies another uh, assignment in itself, then, Maya, and I want us to talk about this because I've been talking about a lot on this program that, yes, you know, parents are very busy. Those, you know, we know that, that those who are taking care of children are very busy, especially when it comes to younger children. But it is, again, part of the responsibility. Talk to us about that part of the conversation for you. And, and you know, yes, I mean, the, the thing could be, well, I don't have time to read. I don't have time to do this or that. But you actually talk about making it almost an investment, like we look at our home. So talk to us about that and why that is so important to look at it that way as an investment in the home and also in the future of our children. It's important for parents to understand that you can do this critically important work in the course of the time you already spend with your child. So, so much of parenting, particularly young children, is about those routines, the bedtime, bath time, meal times, um, when you're in transit from place to place. So if we can recognize that all of those interactions that we're already having with kids can support learning and education, it, it really that that into their unique and critical ability to teach young children because you're just with kids for, for hours and hours, days and days, weeks and weeks, for years <laughs> before their yeah. informal education. And those early years from birth to three in particular, there's so much brain growth and development that's happening. And so you can do things to sort of lay the foundation for reading and build the brain function and structure for it in those years much more easily than you can later. So I guess we have to address the elephant in the room here, Maya. I live in Mississippi. I love my state. My audience knows that. But we do find ourselves uh, at the top of all the wrong lists, including when it comes to illiteracy <laughs> and, you know, and, and dealing with issues like that when it comes to education. So I bring that up for this point. What about for those parents who say, I don't even read well. You know, I'm not really good when it comes to, you know, to words and, and being able to even pronounce words. What what have you been able to share with them, Maya, to kind of help them along their own journey? Because one thing that comes through in the book, especially I think it is, uh, let's see, it's in chapter number four, is that this is something that, I mean, that we have to put the work in even if it may not come easy for us, right? Absolutely. And I'm so glad you asked this question. It's so critically important for parents to do what they can do. So every parent perhaps doesn't have the literacy skills to read a series of books aloud to their child. You know, some people talk about, oh, we read all seven Harry Potter books together. That may not be you or your story or your child's interest, but it is yeah. my belief that every parent has the ability to do the things that are required for early literacy. So a lot of what supports kids' ability to understand things that they're reading as they get older is the, just the vocabulary they have. And that vocabulary is often built through conversation. So just talking and having those nurturing back and forth exchanges with kids and labeling and pointing and describing things in your environment is so important for building their the word bank of things that they'll be able to make sense of once they can decode print. But also most parents know letters. And you know more than your three-year-old. <laughs> so yeah. also making just letters a topic of conversation is a really powerful lesson. And so as parents, teaching our kids and nurturing reading in our homes doesn't have to look like it looks in schools. So it's a yeah. lesson for a parent to point at a stop sign and say, oh, that's the letter S. It curves this way and that way and kind of trace their finger in the shape of the S and say, S says, to introduce that letter sound to the child and then just point out all the 
the S's you encounter through your day on the cereal box on graphic t-shirts. And so there are so many simple things that are lessons and that are so crucial for young children that parents can absolutely teach. You can teach whether you can read or not that text runs from left to right, that it runs from the top to the bottom of the page. So all of those little things are things that children need to learn and parents can facilitate that. Such a great point, and I think it's such a great reminder for our audience. I want to say for those who are just tuning in, either on the radio side or online, you're listening to Conversations Live. We're so excited to welcome best-selling author Maya Payne-Smart to our program today. She's the author of the book, Reading for Our Lives. Maya didn't mention it earlier, but now is a perfect time to mention the subtitle of the book, A Literary Action Plan from Birth to Six. And that, again, brings up another point, because I think a lot of times for a lot of parents, because of things they may have heard or been told, they think, you know, there's no need of, you know, reading to children that early. You know, you know, you have time, they don't understand anything. But talk to us about that part of the book, the importance of starting early and how that not only helps the child but also helps us in building a routine. Absolutely. So parenting, especially when you bring the first child home, it's just overwhelming. Sleep deprivation, <laughs> figuring out your life has been kind of turned upside down as you just learn to navigate your days. And there's been research that found just the habit of reading and holding the child that that helps the parent kind of emotionally (laughs) regulate aside from any reading benefits or in addition to any reading benefits that it gives the child. But it's so important to establish that habit and establish it early. You're not going to start typically reading to your child when they're 13 or you're more likely to read to them when they're three, if you've done it when they're two. And so it's just a lot about sort of embedding in our daily routines, our, um, our values, our commitment to nurturing and raising a reader. And we don't know the exact day that any child will come to understand the words that you're speaking. So you need to start early. <laughs> they're going to gain understanding through exposure to words and also from you treating their coups and babbles and first words and attempts at communication as genuine conversation and responding and encouraging it. And that's why, again, I think conversations like this are so important. So for those who are just not hearing about the book, Maya, what is your hope it does for them? Again, I hope they begin like I do, with the introduction, because the introduction brings up so much. I love the fact that you're able to bring up the stats, but also make it real. So what do you hope people who are just now, maybe they are a new parent, what do you hope this book does for them in beginning to start forming these patterns? I hope that the book really helps people connect the dots between things that you do with babies and toddlers and preschoolers that have lifelong impact. So you're establishing habits and routines in your home, but you're also building your child's vocabulary, raising their awareness of print, introducing them to the sounds within words. So all this really crucial, important work happens before most parents are thinking about it because people start thinking about reading more as kids are about to enter kindergarten or even in elementary school. So I hope that the book just gets people looking upstream because our literacy problems in this nation are so significant (laughs) that schools alone cannot address them. So even though many states, including Mississippi, have made great strides in improving teacher training and reading curriculum and all of these things, it's still not going to be enough. We have to send kids to school with a great foundation for learning. Such a great point. Do you think this also, I'm curious to see your thoughts about this, do you think this also, because you do mention, since you just mentioned teachers, I, I thought about that, that 
this is a great way for parents too to start looking for ways that we can be able to better work with the education system too, and not just thinking that it's all up to them, but finding out ways that we can work together. Absolutely. When you as a parent take responsibility for understanding how reading develops and nurturing your child along that path from birth or whenever you get into this work, you will, as I did, develop great empathy for teachers because (laughs) what you're trying to do with one or two, maybe three young children, they're trying to do with some cases 32 in a classroom (laughs) in a limited amount of time. So I think it builds empathy. I think it builds subject matter knowledge that's really helpful. There are parents who know more about reading development than teachers in some cases because we've had the time to dig into it and read the research, and we've not been in the classroom with, you know, 30 kids all day and then go home to our kids and all these other things. So we, when you dig into this, you learn how teacher training hasn't served many teachers well and equipping them to address the many needs, reading needs and reading difficulties that arrive in any given classroom. So I think it definitely builds empathy. And I think those of us who get to the point where we're like, this is, this is what I can do to support my child's literacy. And I also need <laughs> the teacher to be able to right. teach phonics or spelling or the interventionist at school to do more intensive work. Or so I think it definitely opens your, your, mind <laughs> to the the deep collaborative nature of this because <laughs> it's all hands on deck. Totally agree. And I think my, again, I don't have children of my own, but I do a lot of volunteering here in our school system. And one thing I, I think the pandemic did was to up the appreciation parents have for teachers and what they have to do. Um, because once they were having the, <laughs> to, you know, to do it at home, uh, I think they realized, okay, you know what, uh, I need to have a little bit more grace, you know, with with what they're dealing with there, too, as you mentioned, with multiple children. And sometimes, of course, unfortunately, like here, you know, classes that are too big, really, for just one teacher, but still them making it work the best they can. Such a great conversation. So glad, Maya, we had a chance to be able to discuss this. Again, everyone, Maya Payne Smart has been our guest. Reading for Our Lives is the book, as I mentioned, already an Amazon bestseller. You can get it through Amazon or through your favorite local bookstore. If they don't have it, I know they'd be more than happy to order it for you. And Maya, uh, where can our audience go to stay connected with you? My website, mayasmart.com, M-A-Y-A-S-M-A-R-T.com, is a wonderful resource. Every week I post um, free kids' book lists and family literacy resources and other materials to help families incorporate these literacy lessons easily in everyday life. All right. Well, Mike, congratulations again. Uh, Definitely looking forward to having you back on the show in the future. Thank you so much. Have a great day. To you as well. And we thank your audience for tuning in to another great segment of Conversations Live. Until next time, I'm your host, Cyrus Webb, saying as always, enjoy your day, enjoy your life, enjoy your world. Thank you all for choosing Conversations Live. Let's go make today amazing. Take care. <laughs>